If you've ever felt like you're too much or not enough, lean in. If you feel like no one quite understands your struggle, you are so welcome here. If you've ever felt like you're any of the twos, too loud, too quiet, too thoughtful, too expressive, too easily drained, too energetic, any of them, and they can keep going, let's chat. God created you in all your unique glory to shine like a star in the sky. He gave you, beloved, your unique personality as a gift to further his kingdom. It's a delight for him and you when you choose to enjoy it, to embrace it. He designed you, his beloved, to live intentionally with passion and purpose. Today in this episode, we're going to explore that idea of what does God say about personality? Let's have some fun. Welcome to Coffee Chats and Yoga Mats, which is all about helping you live intentionally with passion and purpose as God's beloved by discovering your God gift of personality. I'm your host, Courtney Louie, a recovering overachiever, MBTI coach, Pilates and yoga teacher, wife, mama, and entrepreneur. More importantly, I'm God's beloved. On this podcast, you can expect to find practical ideas, encouragement, and guidance for living intentionally and discovering your unique personality as God's beloved. Quick warning, I don't have all the answers, but I do hope this will give you some insight and just some encouragement that you have your unique personality on purpose for great purpose. So how do you define personality? If you're a word nerd like me, you might want to make sure that we're on the same page because sometimes, you know, we don't always see things the same way. Let's be real. We're humans. According to dictionary.com, personality is the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. You could also call it your nature, disposition, temperament, persona, psyche, or identity. Essentially, it's a mod podge of different qualities that make up you. Hopefully, some of those words resonate. And before we get too far into what scripture says about personality, what insight we can glean, I want to take a sec and talk with you about how personalities are neither good or bad. In fact, I like to look at personality with two kinds of lenses. One is it's kind of like a diamond. You see, you have so many different facets of your life, so many different roles, things that you're drawn to, things that repel you, interests, capacities, your responsibilities. Those are not personality specific, but all those different things that make up what makes you, you. And really no personality tool or personality coach is going to be able to fully encompass what makes you, you because you're too complex. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't dig into your personality and explore it. It's a lot of fun, but it can be very liberating to realize that no system, no conversation is going to completely cover all the bases of what makes you, you, and you are made that way on purpose. You have a lot of facets to what makes you, you, which is awesome. And it also means there's always something to explore. So, you know, take a quick, big, deep breath. And remember that you are a diamond, baby. You are complex and you have so many facets. So hopefully throughout our time together, you can start exploring just a few facets of yourself. So remember you're a diamond and then think about your shoes. So the other way I like to look at personality is that they're neither good or bad. They're kind of like shoes because the kind of personality you have isn't a moral or ethical issue. It's really neutral. So I'm imagining you have at least one pair of shoes. Imagine a pair of shoes you own, preferably something you like to put on your feet. Picture their shape, their color, their heel height, their function, you know, all these different little bits that go into those shoes. Heck, if you're wearing them now, look at them. Now, you could use those shoes to march into battle for those you love, 
to dance for joy, to work, to walk in the park, to go on dates, to go on job interviews, the list goes on and on. You could also use those shoes for malintent, to kick someone, to stomp on them, throw them at someone, you know, all kinds of different ways. You could use shoes in a harmful way. The shoes aren't inherently good or bad. They're just shoes. It's how you, their owner, choose to use them that makes all the difference. And it's your creative spin on them that makes them not only purposeful for your life, but also injects your passion into them. So just a friendly reminder that your personality at its core isn't a good or bad thing. It's learning how to make the most out of it, understanding your strengths and your limitations. We'll dig more into that another time, but just a little bit of encouragement. Diamonds and shoes. Okay, let's circle back to that big question. What does God say about personality? Now, to be absolutely clear, I don't know fully the heart and mind of God. Surprise! And so this is an imperfect list. But these are some things I've gleaned from reading scripture and have learned from others that I thought you might also enjoy. So you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Something we know about God and personality. He is creative. From the very beginning of scripture, we learn that God created the heavens and the earth, and he said it was good. We continue through Genesis 1, the literal beginning of the Bible, and read how at the end of each day, he looked upon his creations and declared them good. So I'm going to share a few verses from the Amplified Bible Translation. It tends to have more words than perhaps you're used to reading. So Genesis 1, 4 through 5. God saw that the light was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. God determined that what he made was pleasing and useful. He affirmed it. So stick with me. We're going to get to personality. On the sixth day, he creates mankind. Here are a few highlights from what he says. So Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man, humankind, in our image, according to our likeness, not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Hopping on down to verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and he validated it completely. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. And this is a reason I love reading the Amplified Translation. Maybe not the whole passage, but just revisiting it periodically can give you some more insight into what scripture is talking about. When God made mankind in his image, it was with a spiritual personality and moral likeness. He created male and female in his image. He created us to be like him, including in our personalities. So listen up. Part of your unique personality showcases an aspect or multiple aspects of God. Isn't that incredible? Let's explore another piece about what do we know about God and when it comes to personality. So what we know about Jesus' disciples are that each of them had something unique to offer. Let's skip several hundred years in the New Testament and look at Jesus's recruitment strategy. For Jesus's deep mentorship program, his discipleship, he poured much of his time and energy into his 12 disciples. We know he mentored and taught so many other people, but for right now, let's focus on those disciples. While our knowledge is limited about each of the disciples' backstories and personalities, we do know this little bit of information about some of the disciples. They had a wide range of occupations, including fishermen and a tax collector. These professions are wildly different. 
Peter was often described as impetuous, strong-willed, and passionate. Andrew had a knack for bringing others to Jesus. He was a connector. He brought fellow disciples and a boy with scraps to share. Check out the feast that they had. John and James were referred to as the sons of thunder, most likely because of their stormy, strong-willed, very vocal personalities. Bartholomew is known for being an honest man who fully believed in Jesus after Jesus shared how he saw him before they'd even been in the same space together. Thomas was described as a cynic, aka, you know, doubting Thomas, but chose to stick it out with Jesus in the long run. And there's so much more information about that and resource, fascinating facts about the 12 disciples. I'll provide a link to the big blog post in the podcast notes. Jesus consciously chose to mentor men from varying backgrounds and temperaments because they were needed in his kingdom. And just something to ponder, I've wondered how much their different personalities enabled his followers to connect with others. Peter likely had a different way of connecting with others than Thomas did. I just wonder how much more the gospel spread simply by leveraging those unique experiences and personalities. Another thing we can learn about God and personality is by looking at the Gospels. They're also influenced by personalities. Just for kicks, did you notice that the four Gospels have a different style of telling the good news? Matthew tends to focus on Jewish traditions and history. He confirmed that Jesus is the King of the Jews. Mark tends to be more like an action film moving quickly through Jesus' ministry to showcase how he lived and worked among the people. He declared that Jesus is a servant. John focuses on relationships and the divine status of Jesus. He proclaimed that Jesus is the Christ and truly the Son of God. Luke tends to focus on careful research of the gospel and zooming in on the human traits Jesus had. He expounded upon how Jesus is the Son of Man. If you spent any time around coffee chats and yoga mats, you've probably seen some recurring themes from the QRC Temperament Sorter. In a nutshell, it talks about how people tend to gravitate toward two different styles of communicating, having more of an abstract or concrete way of communication style, and they tend to have a more cooperative or utilitarian approach with getting things done. And we can explore that far more in another episode, but Broadly, there's these four general temperaments that Dr. Hersey developed. And the cool thing is we can actually see four temperaments, the four big ones in the Hersey temperament sorter, playing out when we look at the Gospels. Matthew has language and approach that is more similar to the guardian temperament, who leads with sensing and judging. Mark tends to have more of a sensing, perceiving take on things, which is also called the artisan. John has more of a an intuitive feeling take on things, which is the idealist temperament. And then lastly, Luke tends to have more of an intuitive, rational perspective, which is the rational temperament. Super cool, just something to notice about the Gospels. They spoke in different ways and focused on different ways of telling Jesus' story. And we needed those unique perspectives. The last big thing for now that we can talk about when it comes to God and personality is simply looking at the church body. All types of people are needed. Of course, we couldn't possibly talk about God's take on personality without considering Paul's words about the body of Christ. At this point in God's grand love story, Jesus has come to earth, conducted his ministry, sacrificed himself on the cross for each of us, and risen again. Hallelujah. 
Paul is writing to Corinthians about the body of Christ. Another amplified version, so warning you. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6. Now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who has served. And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them. To step it back a bit, the Holy Spirit gives each of us unique abilities, types of ministry, gifts in serving, and ways to work. So moving on to verse 11. All these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit, distributing to each one individually, just as he chooses. Paul further goes on to highlight how each of these empowering gifts is from the Holy Spirit, who equips each believer according to his wisdom. And in his letter, Paul further discusses how important it is for each part to serve its role in the body. After all, a body can't fulfill its purpose as easily if it's missing an organ, right? And definitely, I encourage you, if you haven't read 1 Corinthians 12 in a while, dig into it. It's a fantastic read. Basically, God designed each of us with unique gifts and perspectives that are invaluable to his body of believers. You, beloved, are needed, you are important, and your personality plays an important role in that. So let's go and wrap this bad boy up. Hopefully it's clear just how much God is passionate about unique personalities, how much he takes pleasure in creating and seeing his creations, that includes you and me, use our gifts. When God created mankind, he created us in his image, which includes our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies, which totally involves your personality too. When Jesus recruited his disciples, he chose men from varying backgrounds with different passions to pursue one mighty purpose, spreading the good news. Even the Gospels are written from four very different perspectives, so they can meet people who need it most. When we, the church, choose to use the gifts we've been given for his purpose, we strengthen the church, his body, and can pursue lives of purpose and passion together. The creator of the universe designed you to make an impact on the world that only you can make. He equipped you with a body, heart, mind, and soul to do it. In the mix of those incredible resources is your personality. Now, don't elevate it above what it is. It's not greater than someone else's or less than. You can enjoy it. Lean into it. God is creative, and he created you on purpose for a great purpose. What are some of your action steps? One, think about these points that we talked about today. What most resonates with you? What is something that you want to revisit? Maybe write it down, say it out loud to yourself. Do what is helpful for you to remember that you are created on purpose with your unique personality for great purpose. Two, if you haven't yet, go and hit follow on this podcast. We'd love to continue touching base with you and hopefully encouraging you. And then of course, three, as always, remember that you can live intentionally with passion and purpose as God's beloved even right now. Just take a breath and start right now. I'll catch you in the next episode.